RadioMD. RadioMD.com. It's time for the Dr. Lee Ben Oker Show. Here's Dr. Lee. Hi, and welcome back to the show, Health from the Outside In on Radio MD. My next guest, Dr. Joel Seedman, is here to talk about an interesting topic. Uh, you know, we hear about it in the news. Athletes talk about it. Muhammad Ali, Russell Wilson. Can sex really take the edge off your workout? I guess there's a difference between, you know, just you going to the gym or doing a 5K versus, you know, Russell Wilson uh, being in a Super Bowl <laughs> a competition, <Right. laughs> but it's still an interesting topic. Um, so, you know, what what is the story? Because, you know, as a physician, there's just so many studies, yet nothing really definitive that I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, uh, I think people either find this to be a very interesting, fascinating topic, or sometimes they can find it to be a little bit awkward and, and uncomfortable to talk about, but Either way, um, it's a fairly complex topic, and I think there's uh, multiple factors that come into play. You have to look at the physiological components. You have to look at uh, psychological, the hormonal effects, um, you know, as well as ethical and moral aspects of, of uh, sex, and, and particularly as we're talking about here before workouts and before uh, competitions and, and sports. So um, one of the issues, though, is, is um, the research with this topic, it's often difficult to perform because <laughs> you pretty much have to uh, tell a large group of men that you can't have sex for a certain period of time, and that's going to be the you know the control uh, scenario. So oftentimes, men simply don't want to uh, participate in a study like that. I'm sure you can understand why for obvious reasons. But uh, right. so you know the research, there's really not as much as we'd like to see. There just needs to be more. So, um, but so it, it's it's uh, we have enough. And we have some experiential data as well from different athletes. So um, from there, we have some some different insights. So, and your uh, your doctoral degree is in kinesiology. So, do you uh, have you worked with athletes? I mean, it's you think it's become um, more of a lore, you know, among athletes. It's this idea with this pent up sexual frustration just makes them, uh, you know, more aggressive, you know, is that a psychological thing for them? It feels like it gives them an edge versus um, whether it really bears out testosterone levels. Uh, you know, yeah, I've seen no, that's studies a great question. That. I mean, I work with the uh, high-level professional athletes every day, and like I said, my, my degree and my PhD is in kinesiology, particularly in um, performance, sports performance, athletic performance, uh, and the topic of, of uh, pre-competition or pre-workout sex, it is very important to discuss because it's one of those components, one of those factors that can have an impact on an athlete's performance. So let me kind of first answer part of your question by stating what's typically been assumed for the last, um, not just decades really, but for the last several hundred years, if not longer, it's really been thought that once an athlete, and again, I'm talking a little bit more about men here, in the male mm -hmm. population, but once they have um, sex and reach that orgasm, that testosterone levels um, have been thought, okay, and assume <laughs> that they immediately dip and that it can take one to several days for those levels to rebound. Now, I don't want to say that's entirely um, an outdated or, you know, antiquated way of thinking about it because it's actually somewhat true, um, but it's not as simple as that. If we look at the research, it's actually somewhat mixed, um, and it's... Basically, if we look at 
there's pretty much two different types of research we have to look at. The first is if we look at uh, the effects of sex on testosterone levels and look at uh, testosterone levels immediately after sex, it shows there's really not a significant difference or drop mm. in testosterone levels immediately after. Now, right. if we look at another type of research and we look at uh, where they examine abstinence for a period of several days uh, for up to several weeks, um, there actually shows uh, a significant increase or boost in testosterone levels. So, you know, that's something that you have to look at with the research, that there is different types of research out there, and it is kind of split. So it's not so much about looking at, uh, well, what happens to testosterone immediately after uh, an athlete has sex. It's more about looking at, okay, does abstinence actually help improve testosterone levels? And the answer is it actually does. So mm. in one sense, we can say, okay, well, having sex doesn't really produce a drop in testosterone levels. But if we're talking about doing everything we can for a professional athlete or even just a typical uh, trainee to maximize their performance, abstinence does seem to have a little bit of a, a positive effect. So abstinence for how long before an event? You know, say you're going to run a marathon because there aren't a lot of us that are <laughs> high-level professional athletes. Is this exactly, something exactly. that we can use, you know, in our everyday, we're going to run a marathon, a 5K, whatever, we want to get our best time. Is that something we can use and how long should you abstain? Yeah, so typically um, anything 24 hours or less before an intense athletic competition or even a very intense or strenuous workout is generally not suggested. Um, basically, one day or uh, obviously longer is going to be best, but there's athletes that, they, you know, I've often been asked, hey, coach, you know, how is it if I have sex, you know, 12 hours before, you know, the night before, or even the day of? That's typically what we want to stay away from because that's potentially cause some type of dip in testosterone and, and based on experiential data from different athletes and even coaches, um, it's something that we tend to see even if the research doesn't always support that. So again, as long as it's 24 hours for the most part, um, that's going to be ideal. So 24 hours is what you would recommend to your athletes? That's what I recommend or longer. Uh, I usually like to say to play it safe. 48 hours, but, you know, sometimes with uh, high-level athletes, uh, you know, I, I want to be realistic in my, my recommendations, obviously. So, um, and a lot of the guys that I work with are, are NFL guys. Uh, so, you know, I, I'll give them the 24, and if it seems like they can handle that, and, you know, I'll throw out the 48 hours, but uh, I don't always get, get that exactly. But, yes, exactly, 24 hours or more. Hmm. Okay. And, um. But truthfully, as you said, I mean, we don't know how much um, this is also creating a psychological edge because so much, how much, that's a good question, how much is your performance tied into your psyche? I mean, that's a huge part of it. And, mm -hmm. and obviously, you know, you have the, the, the typical theories that have been going around for decades, hey, you know, don't have sex. Uh, right before competition, it's going to lower your testosterone. And the athletes have heard that for so many years. Uh, you know, they're pretty much um, indoctrinated into that theory, and they're going to think that even if it's not true. And that's going to have a significant impact. I mean, we know the placebo effect 
is significant. Right. Um, but then you have athletes that, uh, you know, that doesn't affect them quite as much. But, um, you know, I think part of it too has to deal with, uh, the different activities that often go, you know, are, are hand in hand with, uh, maybe one night romps or one night stands or different types of sexual activity that aren't necessarily with a consistent partner or with a spouse. They often involve partying, drinking, and different, uh, you know, maybe even, uh, drugs. So it's those things right there that may actually be playing a role as well. Um, and you also have the mental components, like you mentioned. And and I know you're primarily talking about men, but we know women do have certain testosterone levels. I don't know if anyone's ever studied women athletes that are high performing. We only have about a minute. Like, are their levels probably a little higher than than maybe other women? And and do you think that it would pertain to them a little bit? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting question. Like I said, there's not that much data and research on men, but there's actually far less on women. It's almost <laughs> non-existent, um, unfortunately. And, and I'm talking specifically about uh, pre-workout uh, sex. Um, in fact, there's some anecdotal evidence uh, we're talking about from Rhonda Rusty saying that actually sex seems to help her performance. So it may actually be <laughs> Not in the last fight, I would say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not in the last fight. So right. we need more data on that. But right now, it, it yeah. may be the opposite, Sounds... but we're, just re- we're really not right. sure. Okay. Well, thank you. Very interesting topic. This is the Dr. Lee Van Oker Show, Health from the Outside In. Stay tuned. Into your health. 